Uh, welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. Paul, your host, joined by my co-hosts, John and Pete. We're going to talk about Premier League sackings. We're going to talk about the three sports that we'd love to watch if we had no other choice. So you can only have three sports for the rest of your life. As always, this is the Love Sport Podcast. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Love Sport... Uh, I'm going to start again. Fuck that. Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I have John with us and Super Pete. How are you doing, boys? Mate, I'm gangbusters. Gangbusters is sensational. Oh, my goodness. And we have the Oracle, also known as Sophie, with us as well. How are we doing, Sophie? A bit louder, Sophie. How are we doing? Ah, we have a couple of questions for you. So, guys, Sophie's just joining us for the first couple of minutes of the show. Um, I have my first question for you, Sophie. Should Aston Villa have sacked their manager, Dean Smith, or not? What do you think? Oh, I would like your opinion. Do you think Dean Smith should have been sacked? If he was a bad coach, then yes. Okay, if he's a bad coach, then yes. So that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good answer there. So he lost five games in a row. Do you reckon that's worth getting sacked, or do you reckon you stick with your manager? I, I think he should get sacked. Oh, okay. So Sophie's put the line out there. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Smith out. Guys, you have any questions for Sophie as well? I can relay to her. I do. I've got one. Oh, here we go. Sophie, what's the most embarrassing thing you've seen your dad do at a football match? So, you wouldn't have heard this, Sophie. What is the most embarrassing thing that you've seen me do at a football match? When he swore. When I swore? Right. Oh, okay. Shouldn't be using intemperate language, Paul. I didn't think I used swore at football games. Is no, it... You only did once mm-hmm. when um, you're talking about someone's um, from the other team's father. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, um, that's a pretty good answer. Um, Pete, I'm super embarrassed now. Uh, you got one for Safe as well? Uh, okay, so if you go into a sporting game and you generally got your phone, your wallet, your keys, your scarf, what's another thing that you would like to take to a sports game to show that you're a true supporter of a team? Oh, that's a good one. So, Sophie, what's something for you that's really important? So, people are saying stuff like, you've got your wallet, you've got your keys, you've got your scarf. What is something really important if you're going to a sporting game that you can wear to show your support of a team? Uh, uh, clothing? No. So, what it's kind of clothing would you like to wear there? That's like, if it's a Richmond game, then yellow and black colours. Oh, and I love it. And if I've got a um, Tiger T-shirt, Hey, what if you went to a storm game? What colours would we wear there? Um, purple. Yeah, I'd wear like heaps it. of purple. I've got heaps of purple. My favourite colours. I never take you to any sporting games, eh? No, not really. Oh, she's been to a lot of sporting games. <laughs> I've got one more question for you, mm-hmm. if that's okay. If I could only choose one co-host, so if I could only choose John to be on my podcast or Pete, who should I take? I can only have one. There can only be one. Why are you asking me? Because you're the oracle. So who have I met any of them? Um, well, you've met them via this now. Well, I mean, like seen them. Well, uh, I'm going to let you know. That's Pete. There, you can see Pete's face. I. So who do we keep, John or Pete? Quick. Um, uh... You declined to answer because you love them. That's a, that's a bit of a that's harsh question. That's That's a very harsh one. Sophie, thank you for being on the podcast. We hope to get you back soon. We'll speak to you soon. Bye, sweetie. 
there you go, guys. Start of the podcast. The Oracle was on. Um, I love the fact that she couldn't choose between the two of you, nor could I. So I uh, hope you've had a good week so far. Look, incredibly blessed that we uh, can get together as a, as a trio and even better to be able to have Super Soph join us for a bit uh, there. And uh, I, lo- I love the little tip there, there about wearing your team coloured clothes. It doesn't have to be a Guernsey. It doesn't have to be uh, a jacket or whatever. It can just be wearing whatever you got in those colours. So uh, yeah, thank you, Super Soph, for that. Well, I buy buy the kids a lot of sporting stuff or I hand them down my stuff and they love the face painting and things like that they, they think that's more fun or wearing the coloured ribbons in their hair so guys it's another podcast another week's gone by and the fifth Premier League sacking of the season managerial so far so uh, what did we what have we thought about the guys who have been sacked so far this season uh, Dean Smith being the latest Look, I, I, I guess the the writing was on the wall in a way uh, for for Dean Smith. Unfortunately, after the the five Premier League games that they had struggled in, uh, I don't think that anyone really expected the fact that we would see five managers have been sacked so far this season. With Daniel Farker from Norwich going in a way that was somewhat inevitable. Uh, Cisco Munez from Watford, again, inevitable. It's Watford. They change managers more than I change T-shirts. Uh, Steve Bruce from Newcastle, that was, again, Yay! pretty much locked on. Um, <laughs> and I know that John was incredibly excited about that one. Nuno Espirito Santo uh, from Tottenham. Uh, look, thank goodness that was kind of over. It, it, it was like a train wreck that you don't want to look at, but at the same time, you kind of like drive past and you stare and you go, oh, look at that. They've just driven into a tree. Um, it, like, yeah. That, that was Nuno. Um, so, yeah, with Dean Smith, oh, man, like an absolute hero of Villa. And, and there's so much love and affection for things that he's done at the club. But at the same time, just, yeah, it, it just wasn't up to scratch. It's one of those things that I always, always query, and I know we all do. Is it the manager? Is it the players? Is it the support staff? Is it, you know, there's so many factors that, you know, a team's had five losses and I'm watching a team that um, has lost its confidence of passing out from the back, but seems to hold on to the ball. That is not getting the ball in quickly when you've got um, Ings, Watkins, Bailey, Buendia, uh, Buendia, sorry. And they've just lost all um, confidence. And I think it comes down to one thing, even more than the manager, it's a really crap midfield. And when you've got a crap midfield, the defence have no confidence that the ball is going to stay out of their area and the forwards aren't getting the um, support they need. So, I mean, I'm simplifying it, but it's not always the manager. Um, I've run polls every week in, in regards to Dean Smith to the point where people were voting for me to stop doing it. And I've been a Smithian guy until that Southampton loss. When I saw the team just put in a really horrendous 45 minutes at the start, like they hadn't even started, and then put in a brilliant 45 minutes in the second half, you can say the manager should have, you know, well, he's done well. He's got them fired up in the second half. But why didn't they do that from minute one? You know, that's, to me, I think it looks like Steven Gerrard will be the next Villa manager. Um, And I'm pretty happy and open to it. A young manager, a guy who's going to bring in winning experience and he's going to get players from other clubs. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about um, Gerard being gaffer, but I'll just finish this off. Cause I've made it too Villa centric is that it's been the most unbelievable time. People are mourning Smith losing. Uh, uh, sorry, leaving. But for me, 
I think you said it well, Pete. It, it seemed inevitable. And I'll support whatever gaffer comes in. Dean Smith will never have to buy a beer in Birmingham ever again anyway. So that's yeah, my true. thoughts. Well, that's look, my I, thoughts. I was actually <laughs> going to throw this over at John and say, who, who do you think would be better suited for the hot seat? Should it go to Stephen Gerrard? Should it go to John Terry? Should it go to Frank Lampard? Or should Villa throw pretty much every single set that they have and try and grab Graham Potter away from Brighton to save mm-hmm. the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look, there's, there's been a lot of money being shown to coaches in the last couple of weeks. A lot of love to a couple of those guys went from Newcastle United and didn't really seem to get much of a, a nibble. Um, I, would, I wouldn't take Frank Lampard um, at all for, for that job. Uh, you know, it's probably something not unlike what we've done with Eddie Howe, where do you, you need a guy to come in and really stabilise the place with an opportunity to get better with better resources. So, yeah, Brighton's not a bad option. Um, I, look, Steve Ger- Stephen Gerrard, if he wouldn't leave and leave Rangers to come to us with all our resources, why would he go to Villa? Yeah, well, think, think about it. Like, Rangers are currently top of the table. They're four points clear of Celtic at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, Scottish Premier League, there's a good chance that Steven Gerrard could be picking up a trophy if he did stay in the Scottish Premier League. Compare that to if he goes to Villa, where it's a relegation scrap. And I don't think Rangers... I mean, Rangers and Celtic are not inconsequential clubs. And I saw today that Ange was linked to you guys, Paul. Was that right? Hello, mate. Well, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll answer that one because I'm not sure if Paul's there. Um, but from what I saw, there was some rumor that uh, Ange Postecoglou could be tempted away from Celtic, but he's got this project in place, and Celtic are, are definitely investing heavily uh, in the Ange project. Uh, but it's it, it's an interesting uh, one with you know. It, it did come out, what was it, middle of today pretty much, the, the fact mm. that Ange was backed as a contender uh, and, and that he was considered to be an absolute wild card uh, for the management role. Now, we've known that, you know, we know that Ange wants to end up coaching in the best leagues in the world and there's no doubt that he does want to coach, you know, in a Premier League uh, and do it with the best. But the thing was, he was initially only offered a, a one-year deal when he joined up Celtic uh, this year. And, and, you know, they're second on the table. There's no contract extension being offered yet. So, to be fair, you, you could almost throw the concept of if we offered a, you know, a short-term fix of a John Terry type of a setup, you could almost suggest to Ange Postecoglou, look, you could start working in the background of what's happening at a villa, and if they stay in the Premier League, then here is what we're offering. Exactly. Mm. So, th- for me, I think that that's uh, something that could be hiding in the background for sure. That'd be a pretty exciting day to see Ange in the Premier League. But you know what? If I was him, I'd rather stay at Celtic and win something there because that's just such a great club and. There's a lot of great opportunities, especially for the way he likes to play. I think he could set his team up well into some of those European competitions, actually get some genuine success there. If he can reignite a big club like Celtic, much the same way as Steven Gerrard 
would be looking at ranges. I actually think that you set yourself a little bit higher in negotiations with Premier League clubs. You're not coming and picking up teams in the bottom five. Yeah, exactly right. I, I guess that was, uh, you know, one of the funny conversations that uh, I think Ange pretty much offered in his first ever press conference as a Celtic boss where one of the journos called out, oh, is it a bit of a jump for you? To which Ange replied, I've actually coached at a World Cup and, you know, I've been part of an Asian Cup as well. I, I have one thing. So a Scottish Premier League might be a step up, but... You know, it's still within reach. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening over at Villa. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, I think we need to go. And, uh, five manager sackings now this season. That's 20% of the teams, and four of those have come in the, what are we, bottom five clubs. Aston Villa being the latest to change their manager. Dean Smith sacked today. Paul McGrath, club legend, has been on social media saying they pulled the trigger too early. He's not impressed with uh, what he's seen. Let's put it in context. Uh, Watford the first to do it, followed by Newcastle with the change of ownership. Uh, Daniel Levy saw enough of uh, Nuno Espirito Santo after what was it, 10 games? November the 1st, Daniel Farker uh, slightly strangely, sacked yesterday evening, having delivered their first win of the season against Brentford, but perhaps that was uh, long planned. And then Dean Smith following after five consecutive defeats. All right, well, look, I think I've found Paul, uh, but unfortunately I've lost Pete. And I think Pete and may have gone is, to the survey to get some smoke. So this, this, uh, is, the co- <laughs> this is a COVID special here. It's yeah. uh, one in, one out. Um, mate, look, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll come back to the, uh, the world game when we get um, Pete back on, but Mate, I, I have really been controlled not sending you anything about Aaron Rodgers. Yay! Pete, welcome back. Hey, I don't know what I happened. heard Aaron Rodgers and I just came running as fast as I possibly could. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> now, I believe you're not a parent yet, Pete, that you're aware of. John and I are. My belief is that if you're... Good clarification you're, there. Thank you. <laughs> if, if, if my kid tells me, half the story, I kind of start to think it's a lie. And that's what I think about Aaron Rodgers at the moment. He was not even... Just... It's not because you follow Green Bay, John. This wouldn't matter who it was, right? This is astronomically, mind-numbingly, just... I I just can't believe this guy thinks he can get away with this crap in in a country that's losing... They've lost three-quarters of a million people to COVID. And he thinks he can basically bluff his way through the rules. I don't know. John, I'm going to throw it to you, mate, because you are a Green Bay fan. What do you think of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? It's really interesting. I was disappointed when I heard that he was missing a game because of COVID. Look, you know, bear in mind that, um, you know, we had COVID issues last last year in Green Bay and mm-hmm. last year Newcastle season. We almost got relegated because of COVID. Uh, we still got, I mean, Joe, uh, not Joe Linton. Joe Linton, unfortunately, didn't get COVID. It was other people who got it. I shouldn't have said that. But, um, and I didn't mean that. That came out totally the wrong way. I apologise. But, no, we know. You know what I mean? It was, it was St. Maximum who had it and Dubravka. And who got it really, really bad. Well, let's put I'm you under the pump. So I'm a little bit torn. I'm a little bit torn as always. Look, okay, he's going to have to sit out the time. He let the team down, didn't follow the protocols. All right, I get it. Um, he's doing that sort of witch doctor thing and trying to get the shamans around and, diddly I do and all the rest of it. And, you know, there's people like that. Hey, there's people like that in Australia. And, 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 around, and around the world. 
Yes, there is. And they're going to, in Australia, they're going to miss out on a lot of the privileges. To be, like, you know, banished from the world community as a pariah until time of memoriam. But um, he's a moron. He, he's a moron and he should be banished for being an absolute moron. Well, you know what? He did make an error of judgment, but I'll tell you what, at the same time, in the last couple of months in the NFL, there's been a guy who's who still hasn't had any actual reprimand from the NFL, who's got 22 rape charges pending. Yeah, yeah. And in the same week, you had a player from the um, from the Raiders kill a girl driving at 200 miles an hour. Yes. And, you know, and there wasn't – okay, he got put out by – And you've missed out on the Raiders was, player. There was barely a murmur in, on, 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 the, on the news about that. And it's just been hour after hour after hour after hour after hour of commentary. And symptomatic to me of everything that's happening in the today. I actually disagree with you. I think that they've covered – it was Ruggs, wasn't it? The guy who was um, yeah. two times over the speed limit doing 150-odd miles. Mm. The lady and uh, was walking her dog. She was burnt alive in the car accident. So it's got she actually was. pretty – it's got pretty good coverage. I also think... And it's um, good. It's more... no, 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 it got it got some coverage, Paul. And the Raiders player who threatened a fan with a gun and gave his address out and said, come yeah. around to my house. Um, it's simply the fan. only team in the NFL who's actually giving consequences out for actions is the Raiders. And, and look, I just want to put you in the spotlight. I hear what you're saying, but we're talking about a player that most people consider one of the very best quarterbacks who's ever played. And I think he already got a lot of Packers fans offside with his pre-season antics. This is he just did. the icing on the cake, mate. I mean, oh, you know, I was angry with that. But you know what? If he's got to sit out the time that's specified by the NFL, mm. which is set down that if if you're not vaccinated and you test positive, then you can't get back in until you've tested not positive twice or something like that. Well, he has to just do whatever they said that they were going to do. I, I think the NFL, NFL has to go far further than that. I think he needs four or five weeks out. And this is there's my no, but there's no, hang on a sec. No, 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 just a sec. There's no legal precedent for anything under the law, under the general law or in sport that says you can create a precedent after the event. Yes, there is. You can't, no, you can't. No, 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 hear me out. If you hear me out. And I like arguing with you on this one. He actually has broken NFL statutes. He didn't wear a mask at press conferences. He didn't wear masks in the facilities when he was meant to wear them. They're, they are some of the statutes that the NFL has put down. Um, and he didn't because the players who are not vaccinated are still allowed in the facilities. They're still out of press conferences, but they must wear a mask. He did not do that on a number of occasions. And I think there are sanctions and a precedent for him to be stood down for a number of weeks. Uh, well, he, you know, he broke rules and whatever. I'm just saying that you can't go applying stuff after the event. You can't go making up new rules. Oh, but I don't think this is new rules. But look, we've got more to talk about than just him. I mean, we've got, as I said, <laughs> a player, and I've just gone blank on him, who gets told that he's, you know, not very good by a fan. So he pulls out a gun and does multiple um, posts with his gun, and then says he's going to kill the guy and gives the guy his address. What is going on in the world? Well, the athletes, most 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 athletes, especially in the United States, are living in a time where there's no consequence for any of their actions, i.e. Deshaun Watson. 
and um, you know, and it's it's they were out of control. Well, look, that was um, that was me and you pretty fired you've got, up. Like... You've got you've got you've got basketball players putting fingers in in fans' faces. Yeah, you've got um, all kinds of threats coming. I mean, basketball players are at the front of the queue when it comes to behaving badly, and you know, yep. giving it loads. Everybody was saying, "Oh my god, we miss the fans so much." I sometimes don't actually build enough. I believe them. Well, guys, we're going to go back to the NFL a little bit later on, so I want to cover a couple of other things. Now, we now sound like an idiot because look, I just I want to circle no, back because I do. I I I I think that people should be vaccinated mm-hmm. um, for their own health. I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, my whole family's fully vaccinated, um, but I also am just teetering on the point these days where I'm not really certain if. You know, for the first time ever, everyone's got to tell everybody about what their health status is. I don't know how that flows, but that's a different story. I think it's you said one part of the vaccination, and I think the other part, and it's something that I'm not just picking on Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking about anyone. It's not just about your health. It's about the health of others in the community, and especially those that are vulnerable. I think we've got to think beyond just ourselves with this, okay? I Absolutely. Mean, well, look, the truth of the matter is I, still can't believe, I can't believe that he did it. I... I uh, you know what? How's this sound? And I, you know, for being taking that side, well, I mean, I'm worried about where the team's going to head. Obviously, because I yep. saw Jordan Love play. Oh, jeez. I, 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 I was surprised. I wasn't surprised when I heard what it had, that he wasn't vaccinated. Can I circle back then? We're doing a bit of a circle thing here, and that's rude in some circles. And Pete may have fallen asleep. Are you still there, Pete? I'm still here. I'm look, I'm enjoying this because um, look in as I traditionally do, I bring this air all back to football because that is my sport. And, and look, even in the elite competition of the the Premier League over in England, uh, not all players are vaccinated. There are some, mm. some clubs where players are not vaccinated. I think about um, a specific club here in Australia that I won't name and shame where the head coach uh, is not vaccinated, where yep. the club owner has said that he's not going to mandate vaccinations. And I think about the fact that, um, you know, two of the assistant coaches walked out just the other week because they felt that it was an unsafe working environment uh, yeah. based on the, the precedents being set. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I think it is a, a bonkers environment at the moment and, I will just say, look, I'm all for people having the the choice. However, when it comes to such a huge global issue, then for the greater good, I feel that people should be making the smartest decision rather than taking the decision uh, which can actually harm more people than do good. Well, Look, I, I do. It's a really well, really well said. I'm going to circle back because I missed out on some of the conversation. I could hear, I could hear you guys. You couldn't hear me. Um, there is no chance on this earth or the next that Ange Postecoglou will be coaching Aston Villa. No chance at all. Are you circling right back to there? Yep, because I didn't get to say that. Uh, Ange has been put out by Australian press today. If you have a look at the UK press and people I know from Villa, he's not been mentioned at all. As, as that doesn't, mean anything, co- that doesn't from, mean anything in a yeah. coaching search. He's not. He's 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 not going to be. They're not going to get their first choice, mate. We're the richest club in the world at the moment. We couldn't get anyone. That's okay. You might be the richest club in the world. I get. Where that. we are. Yeah, yeah. I, 
understand that. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, you okay. you're going to end up. We ended up with Eddie Howe. We 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 dicked around the whole planet for four weeks, and we ended up with Eddie Howe. Oh, but, I, no, I, I but think, Eddie, yeah. oh, Eddie Howe is actually a great choice because. He, I'm happy with that, but it was a long way around to get to get to him. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? But I think that it should, in parentheses, should work out to be the best and the smartest choice possible from Newcastle's perspective because he's the type of guy who has experience in the championship. So if Newcastle do get relegated this season, he's mm. the type of guy who can actually build a team up to make sure that when they do re-enter a Premier League, they will be competitive. He's also a coach who's just spent the entire time that he's been not in the hot seat mm. doing internships at Premier League yep. clubs yes, and learning has. a hell of a lot. So I think about the fact that he spent time at Liverpool talking to the academy teams and talking to um, Michael Edwards, basically head of player recruitment. He's been at Chelsea talking about how they manage their loan players. He's been talking to United. He's been over at Arsenal. He's been at a whole lot of clubs. So he's he's like from the outside and looking at him like on paper, uh, he is the best candidate to take that role. Like, and and. And I and I and I and I and I you know I I totally agree with you, but my point really wasn't that so much. You know what I mean? Okay. Because um, well, I, I was celebrating that fact, but I just don't think that you never say never when it comes to these to these I, coaching highs because you know, like you're gonna if you start barking at the same dudes, why would you want Frank Lampard? Well, well, put it this way: I don't think any, I don't think Frank Lampard is wanted by Villa. I think the logical choice would be John Terry, who already knows the setup. He knows the rooms. He knows how long it takes to get from the training ground to the, the actual ground. You know, that kind of thing. For me, John Terry would be the natural choice. Um, Ange Postacoglu, you, you have to know how much I love that man. You do know how much I love him. I would love him at Villa Park. I think he would do amazing things. I actually think he would have them fit. I think he would have them attacking. He, he would be the guy I want. But there's no way uh, the Villa Park faithful will take him on. They just won't, and I'm sorry, but it is a factor. It, if you get Ange, if you get Ange there, mate, it means that we can all get backstage. I, I reckon we could. I, I would love awesome. Ange there. Let me differentiate it, and uh, you know this: would I love Ange to coach Villa? Oh my god, it'd be one of my proudest moments as a supporter ever. Will he? No, not at this point. He goes and wins the Scottish Premier League, and everyone will be going for him. Um, guys, in saying that, we've been quite heavy on this podcast so far, but in terms of coaches sacking. What's kind of been the biggest shock sacking in your kind of experience, um, whether it was basketball or football or NFL? Who's been someone who's kind of affected you when they've been sacked? Personally or from if I want to be a dundee and be you, stupid about it? What, whatever way you want to go about it, mate. Glenn Hoddle? Yep. Okay. Glenn Hoddle blaming yep. disabled people for their where they were in life and saying it was reincarnation and Played a part. That was pretty that, mad. That was that that was dizzy rascal, man. That was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Everyone's got an opinion, but you know, and I'm and I'm not in favour of getting cancelled. But some things really are a little bit like, <laughs> dude, come on, you you have to own your own reality on that one, and see you later. Worked out yeah, alright for England. Yeah, it did. It did. But geez, that was one of the most bizarre kind of rants I've heard in a fair while. What about yourself, Pete? Uh, look, there's there's. Uh, I, I look at the moment that y- you mentioned shock manager sackings. I instantly thought back to 
there's a scene on, I think it was Sky Sports, where uh, Thierry Henry puts his hand on Jamie Carragher's knee when they hear the news that Brendan Rodgers was sacked from Liverpool. Um, And you could see just the reaction of Jamie Carragher staring at the camera in disbelief for that few moments. I I thought about that one as quite an interesting uh, shock uh, factor. That obviously stands out. I also think about the... um, I enjoy the fact that Middlesbrough were kind enough to Warnock to basically say, here is your thousandth game managing in elite football and now you can go. See you later. Um, and Chris Wilder's now come in. I find that that's quite an interesting uh, power play from, from Warnock there. Uh, and in terms of... So, Pete, how factor, was that, Pete, how was that received compared to the sort of the looking down through at Steve Bruce's thousandth game? <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's... Warnock's a really, really interesting managerial prospect in terms of we know him to be this super intense person and he's meant to be in your face and protecting his players at pretty much at all costs. Whilst then you get look at Steve Bruce, who is meant to be a controller without like... A, it's yeah, it's a really interesting perspective how these two managers, but still celebrated nonetheless, and um, incredibly exciting to be able to see Warnock being able to uh, celebrate his thousandth game, and he's basically just said he doesn't really want to be out of the game for for very long. He actually, you know, he's keen to get involved somewhere. And to be fair, um, this is almost where you could almost have a a collective group of super mm. coaches come in and, and look after a club in a way, um, very similar to what uh, Tottenham's done, where they currently have the likes of, uh, what is it, Antonio Conte, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, Jose Mourinho, and Mauricio Pochettino all set with their contracts to expire in 2023. Hmm. Well, for me, there's two. Um, I think Alan's, I'm going to say his name wrong. How do I say Stasic? Uh how do I say Alan Stasic? What? Well, it depends. Uh, if you're on um, Fox Sports, you say it uh, Stasic. If you're <laughs> um, on any other network, we would say it Stasic. Stasic. Okay. He was to me that was a shock. I thought he was doing really great things with the Matildas. Um, you can read all over that from the last few years. Um, and then the other one for me wasn't a shock so much, but it was the way it happened and the ramifications it had was um, club legend for Richmond, um, Kevin Bartlett, played 403 games, played in five premierships, coached us when we had no money at all. Like, we were absolutely bereft of money, had no training facilities and everything, and was sacked pretty badly and vowed never to go back into the club until all the management were gone. And yeah. once, and it took almost two decades for him to come back to the club. So for someone who loves their club so much, him and I, that to me was the biggest shock in in the way it happened. I think having club legends as 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 coaches is just such a recipe for disaster mm, for everyone involved, and it it, never, it hardly ever ends well because most of the time they never coach as good as they played. No, absolutely. And, and they feel that, and they, and they they bear it. And a lot of the time they come in when times are tough. Look at oh, uh, definitely even Tony Shaw at Collingwood. I mean, gee. Or Michael Voss at Brisbane, or man, yeah. Alan Shearer at Newcastle, or anyone. You know, it's 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 a tough way to to make a a gig, and, and I think Solchai has got a bit of that at Man U as well. Hundred percent, 
Um, although, you know, I, I, I still continue to think he's one of the luckiest guys to have a, a, a managerial position. <laughs> Mate, what a guy. He's able he to leaves. ride the roller coaster so well that he makes it look like he can get other managers stacked to make sure that Ollie looks like a better guy than what he actually is. He's you making, like, he, he made uh, Mikel Arteta look like a competent guy yeah. and suddenly makes him look like a decent manager. He gets Nuno sacked before Ollie. So that Antonio Conte goes to Tottenham rather than to Manchester United, uh, he just sets himself up in such a really good way. Like you literally can't describe United without using the analogy. It's like a roller coaster. Well, guys, we've already had a bit of a mixed podcast. So before we have a tiny break, I've got a keep uh, cuddle kick for you. Um, this one, nothing to do with sport whatsoever, right? But. Sequels to movies, a lot of people go sequels are absolute crap. But I disagree. There's been many movies that are better sequels than the actual original, okay? I've got three for you here, and I want you to keep one, cuddle one, and kick one out, okay? So uh, I'll go with you first, Pete, and I'll do you, John, so to speak. Okay, Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part 2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Keep, cuddle, kick, and Pete will go with you first. Uh, Farewell, Godfather Part 2. I will gladly keep Judgment Day. I actually really enjoy Judgment Day. And then uh, Empire needs a bit of a cuddle. Uh, It kind of gets forgetting at times. Empire, it it does have some magical scenes, but at the same time, uh, there's plenty of forgetful moments as well. So. I yeah. am your father. Oh, mate, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let's let's keep it that yourself. way. Okay. Let's keep it like that. John, keep coming. All right, okay. I, I actually like Pete's list. That was, a, that was a good list. Well done, Paul. I like that. Well, I want, so you're going to go with him? Right. Oh, uh, no, I would have, I would have, I would have definitely have kept the, uh, God, I would have I kept the Godfather. Kept I would have, pun- I would have punted um, Empire. Oh, I see it's a tough one for me. I we watched Terminator Two: Judgment Day. The uh, I love Terminator Two. It's awesome. It is, and and still holds up. If you go and watch it tonight, the special effects still hold up really well. I might. I I would have to actually. I would keep Empire Strikes Back because it's the first movie I remember where the good guys didn't win at the end. Yeah. So I, that's why I would keep that. Um. Oh man. I've just got to go on the rewatch value here. If I went on a, a film being really brilliant follow-up, I'd say Godfather Part 2. We're going to kick that because Terminator 2 Judgment Day gets me keep watching it. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. Where I may not do that with Godfather Part 2, even though it's a brilliant movie. And I'm sure we're going to be cancelled based on me no saying No one's that. turning off Godfather Part 2, mate. Anyway, sorry. It's what a movie. What a oh, movie. What's my so, list? Sorry. Well done, Pete. Good choice. Good one. Uh Got, oh, sorry. I was going to say we'll have a uh, have a quick break. We'll come back, and then who knows what we're going to go on about. Hang on, where's my list? Do you, are you going to give me one? Oh no, I was going to give you the same list. It's exactly. Oh, the I same thought you were giving me a That's different right. one. Don't, That's why I don't jumped worry. in. I got one for you. Don't worry, mate. I got. Oh, one. okay, okay. So after the break, Pete's oh. going to come back, and uh, John won't feel so lonely. Even though Aaron Rodgers is a joke, we'll make <laughs> Pete. We'll make John feel a little bit better after. I'm the still break. trying to win a Super Bowl, man. Leave me alone. Oh, love you. Love you. Okay, welcome back. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast as always. Just a quick break in the show, just to say thank you for the listeners. Um, and, you know, you can follow us on Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. But importantly, you can also get us on Spotify, get us on Apple, get us on Google, and get us on Anchor. If you can follow us on any of those platforms that you uh, prefer, uh, if you subscribe, it helps us as well, and we'd really uh, love your feedback and some ratings. Um, I know I'm asking for a lot, but you can get us on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor platforms. Peace out. To explain that he did not get two of the vaccines because he found he was allergic to an ingredient in the mRNA vaccines, and that when the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was pulled back in mid-April, he decided he would not get that vaccine either. Michael Irvin, I'm going to start with you. Did Aaron Rodgers make himself look better or worse by addressing this? He did not make himself look better. I mean, first of all, uh, when he started out, when, when, he, when he asked Aaron Rodgers, he said, are you vaccinated? His answer was, yeah, I'm immunized. That's a yeah. And then, you know, I'm immunized. So I'd imagine you meant, yeah, you're vaccinated, and, 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 and that, that helps your immune system. Oh, I don't know why you couldn't just say the truth or just say I'd rather not share that. Just Guys, I've just um, embarrassed myself by sledging a friend about Aaron Rodgers, but I won't be the first person to do that. Pete, I believe you've got something for John. Make him feel right, a little John, bit better about uh, it. Look, the, the keep, the kick, and the cuddle moment of glory here, and this is fan chance. So uh, what we're hearing around the grounds as we start to uh, return to seeing sport in the grounds. Okay, so cool. would you like to keep, kick, and cuddle? The famous Spanish ole, 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 <laughs> as well as next up are uh, oh, 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 seven no nation armies. Yep. And then our final one is our uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper, your shite. Ah! <laughs> wow, that's hard. I, I love the white stripes when it happens at Baltimore Ravens games. They always use that there. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to – this is going to be controversial. I'm going to keep us an oldie, give it a goodie, and everyone knows it, and you can get everyone involved at school. We've done it on footy trips with the kids, rugby, all that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cuddle Olay. Only because it brings back so many good memories, hey? Yep, yep. Um, and when you get the Olays out, like, that means good things are happening. So, like – Newcastle might be in front, like, 2-1 with a minute to go against um, Norwich. Is that what they're called? And, you know, the old lays come out because Joe Linton doesn't fluff his lines. That would be good. Um, then I'll have uh, uh, the goalkeeper, your shot, and ah. the white stripes. I'm going to keep the white stripes and get rid of the goalkeeper. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant choice. Well done. You got any uh, right. any for uh, any any for us, John? Yeah, I do. I've got one each for both of you. They're both about Ooh. fakes. Okay. All right. There's a different set. You got three fakes each to choose from, and put them in whatever order you want. Um, I'll go first. Um, Paul. Okay. Fake punt. A fake punt. Yep. Uh, fake doctors, like i.e., like you know, people on social media who know everything about vaccinations but are wrong and fake cream, you know, that mock cream and donuts. 
<laughs> so what? Am I meant to put these in order? Is this a keep, keep cuddle? Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep, obviously, the fake punt. I love a good fake punt. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it doesn't work, but it's still fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cuddle the fake cream in the donut. Right, okay. That's the only choice you can really make, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, and look, I don't want to be violent, but the people who come out with this absolute rubbish that they touched a star in the sky on the 3rd of November uh, in 2012, and by touching that star, they can now heal people and stuff. No, I'll, um, I'll leave it at that. There that is no nice reason there's all, but there is always the opportunity to say, like, cuddle a fake Dr. Say who runs a, an organic hairdressing salon mm. who's, like, pretty but not that smart. But anyway, that's yeah, the story for another day. All right, yeah, so, I'm not going to get myself in trouble there. So. Pete, you've also got fakes, okay? You've got fake jerseys, you know, the ones you buy at Chinatown yep. for your kid, like with um, Zidane's number on it, but his name's spelled Zidane or whatever. Um, there's fake jerseys, fake news, Ooh. and fake um, women's chests. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we're getting, so ca- we're getting sacked in the morning. Cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. I'm so happy so, this is not mine. Well, you get to cancel oh, one of them. Brilliant. Okay, so let's go with... Farewell to the uh, to the final selection there, the the fake uh, body part. Uh, oh, okay, farewell. fair enough. Thank you for visiting. Yep. Um, I will. That's a sage choice. A, I agree with you on that. Yep. I will go with a cuddle for the fake news for the sole reason that it needs to be hushed, and it's like a cuddle where you put a pillow over a face and you say farewell. So it will be that right. type of a cuddle. Uh, which therefore means the the fake jerseys is much love and much joy. I don't think I've ever played a season of five-a-side soccer with mates. Uh, I don't think I've ever um, not looked at buying fake jerseys at different times. Uh, And they bring so much instant joy. Uh, So, you know what? Definitely going to keep them around for uh, a few more years. They definitely get it. The fake jerseys get a huge run. Amongst the children's liturgy at mass on a Sunday morning. Oh, definitely. Um, the fake jerseys. One of the best fake jersey places ever is in Sydney. What are the markets there, Pete? Give me a couple of names in the markets. There's one we lot. Got, that actually... We got Parkley Markets. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got Fairfield Markets. Uh, we also have uh, the city markets. Uh, yeah, so Parkley and so... Fairfield Markets are probably your two best ones. Yeah, because I know that I went to one of the markets, as you do when you visit Sydney. I think they're fantastic markets in Melbourne, Sydney. And there's one jersey store in the back of one of these markets. And the jerseys are so good, you almost want them to be wrong. Because they are, they're the best fakes I've ever seen. So I'm not sure which markets it was, but I bought a fair bit there over the t- uh, and I'm allowed to say that I've bought the fake jerseys over the time because anyone who knows me knows how many tens of thousands of dollars I've spent on the real Some things. of the fake jerseys now, when you get them, they've even got – remember how Adash used to have the two little, the two little round ball things as the plastic That's to make right. it authentic? And they've yep. even got like that on it. But my favourite fake jersey store, and I bought it from Paddy's um, in – Near Central Station in Sydney. Yeah, that's that's the one I got mine from. Yeah, yep. and it's a Reggie White, um, a Reggie White copy, uh, <laughs> Mitchell Ness, Mitchell Ness throwback. 
But on the nameplate down the bottom, it says, um, you know, Packers legend, and they actually spelled his name Reggie with an I, so it's Riggy White. <laughs> so they got everything right. They got everything right except for Riggy written. And, and you know what? The only thing I ever see when I look at that jersey is, oh, dude, you know, it's a fake, hey? It's rigged. It's Riggy's, Riggy White. <laughs> Guys, um, well, you just brought up the NFL. I do want to go back to a game that I thought was going to mean nothing. And I actually really enjoyed it. The Steelers versus Bears. If you're going to tell me officiating is good in the NFL at the moment, I reckon it's the worst I've seen in decades. And we're saying that about a lot of sports. That's pretty scary. We're saying it about the AFL, NRL. We're saying it about... Um, you know the world game. Did any of you got? Did you guys watch the Steelers versus Bears at all? I did. So, and you... I've got a thought on the officiating. I honestly believe that at twenty fifteen years ago, NFL officiating was without doubt the best in any of the sports that I followed closely. Yep. And it's now become the worst. And I Man. think it's because they've changed so many rules to accommodate just one or two different positions and to accommodate. Um, the threat of off-field um, getting sued for CTE. And I think a lot of us to do with, you know, I don't see the point of having a helmet when people are getting no. down for that. That is the, the two rules in the NFL that are killing the game is the roughing the passer and yep. pass interference. And yep. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they're the only two rules in the NFL that really don't have a video replay. Well, the roughing the passer calls, right? It's like anything, if it's consistent. So Big Ben gets barely touched on a couple of occasions and gets roughing the passer calls against him. Justin Fields gets basically assaulted on a couple of occasions. And I'm not exaggerating. He gets absolutely hammered on a couple mm. of occasions. And if, if neither of them get called, you're okay with it, right? But the fact that they were so different, the calls for Big Ben, who's huge, and Fields is not that big as well. It, it even seemed to amplify there's it a, more. There's a very different standard used for some of the old, more like um, venerable quarterbacks, if you like, than the new guys coming through. It's rubbish, isn't it? Like, I'm yeah. not saying it costs him the game, but I thought Fields played pretty darn well. And I think he had every right to say, hey, look, if he's going to get the calls, why can't I? I don't think that's an unfair statement. You either don't call them or you call all of them. Now, what about Cassius? So Cassius Marsh sacks Big Ben with about three or four minutes to go, maybe a bit longer than that. And he runs across, not even to the other side. He's halfway over the field and he's giving it a little bit to the opposition. And he gets done for taunting. But also, he gets. they think he might have got done for taunting for bumping into the referee, who looks like he even backs into him. That cannot be taunting. We understand what the taunting rule is there for. It's one of the worst taunting decisions I've ever seen and may have cost the Bears a game. That was absolutely horrendous. On, on, a, on a fun note with taunting, one of my favourite things to do is when we uh, run our little gridiron program at school with the kids doing recreational sports, so the kids at school get to pick it. We do it with flags and they run through and do all it. One of my favourite things to do is when someone makes a play and they start to give it up, is yep. I throw a flag at them every time and I march them for taunting, and they've got to get it in their head that they're not allowed to have fun. <laughs> and but somebody else in the penalty, and you know, and calling it's awesome. I'm calling taunting like, on you. But yeah, it's a, nothing, it's a ridiculous situation. We understand what it was meant for in the start. Uh, so, Pete, what used to happen 
in the 80s and 90s, and, and especially in college football, is they would take their celebrations and, and the celebrations would go longer than a quarter sometimes. So I kind of get what it was about, right? Um, the Miami Hurricanes were horrendous for it. But this, you're playing, if you're playing away from home or whatever, right? And yeah, you make a play, you've got to celebrate it. You've got to celebrate it. Pete, he's come off the line. He's basically gone around the horn. He sacked Big Ben. It was a fantastic play. He didn't run towards a kicker. He's run kind of over to their bench and he celebrated. He wasn't even halfway over the field. I don't know. It beggars belief. Well, see what I think about that is that every time that the defense makes a play now, they all run together down to the um, end zone and carry on. I think they should flag the whole team if they're going to make it. Paul, do you think you could outrun Big Ben over 20 metres these days? I actually still think I could. Straight line. I've got Big He's Ben slow, easy. He is, He's so slow. He is a tree. He is one of those is uh, tree. sycamore trees. He, he just does not move. And, and I don't mean to be... Oh, I'm a chubby man myself. Don't get me wrong. I understand that I should not be making comments about other people. He's an elite athlete. I reckon he looks like he swallowed one of the ex-coaches. <laughs> He's so slow. Yeah, the oh. Steelers are going nowhere with him at quarterback. Yeah, next. Nice, nice match though, that one. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. I have a question for you that's very, very important. Um, it hurts me to even ask it. I'm not going to ask you for money. Um, you can only watch three sports. We'll make it really quick, this one. You can only watch three sports in any format, so whether it's live or on TV or whatever, for the rest of your life. Only three. I think we've all got one in common. What would those three sports be, John? It's such a hard question. And I I brought it down to this. I'm going to keep... If On the proviso that I don't have to include my girls' rugby because I'm going to be there anyway... No, okay. no, that's a fair call, fair call. Well, I didn't want to, I, I was going to include them. I thought I can't, I, I want to take actual big sports. I'm going to just go with my teams and, and what, what, me, what, what means something to me. And, and I'm going to watch Newcastle no matter what, right? Yep. I don't have to see every other game in the Premier League. I don't care that much. I re- my heart beats for that club because I was born into it. And all I really want to do is at some point in my life, is celebrate us having some success at one point, yeah? Yep. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two, the other thing that brings me great pleasure and great delight at this point, until, say, the NFL cancels Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to stick with that, with the Packers. And the other sport I have to keep is I genuinely love test cricket. It's and such I, a and tough I, question. Yep. And I can get hours and hours and hours. Out. It means I... I'll drop the NRL, I'll drop the AFL, whatever. I don't, you know, I, I'd be bummed out. But, you know, I genuinely love watching Test cricket. And I could, it just takes me away. It doesn't matter who's playing. And, yep. and I like it as much as I like the competition. I, I like the teams I follow in the other comps. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. And, 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 but for the pure enjoyment of the game, I'm going to keep Test cricket. And not the other forms they can go, John. Well... I'll quickly go in and we'll finish off with Pete. It has to be the AFL for me because I was born in Melbourne. Um, every single member of my family are, are fanatical when it comes to the game. 
you all know what Richmond means to me. So I have to keep the AFL. I have to keep the world game because, and I wouldn't be able to put these in order, guys. Um, I have to keep the world game because I was the only skip that grew up where I lived who followed it until I was a bit older. And then I found fellow Aussies who followed football. Um, all my friends growing up were uh, of all different ethnicities. And I learned so much about life from them and following the world game. So that's a bit of world game. And I was really torn on my final one because I had NFL, I had cricket and I had basketball. I'm a bigger basketball fan than you guys. I know that. And I really, really got torn by it. But the question was, which three sports in any format for the rest of your life could you watch, right? So it has to be AFL world game and NFL for me. I went on the ones that are giving me pure joy waiting for those games on the weekend. They're the three. Pete, I reckon you've got one of those three in there. It has to be the world game. Yeah, Luke, pretty uh, pretty straightforward and obvious that football would become uh, right up there. But uh, it, it wouldn't actually be my number one. My number one sport Whoa. would be, actually be futsal. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, really? Wow. Mm, I, I kind of knew that. On telly? But, Mate, any chance that I can watch a futsal game, any chance that I can coach a futsal game, uh, I am 100% there. And uh, look, I'm obviously in that position where it pains me the fact that futsal in this country doesn't get anywhere near the respect that it deserves. I know that in Queensland, for instance, at least you guys have an elite competition that's going on at the moment. There's an F League, uh, which is incredibly exciting. Um, in New South Wales, we haven't had an elite competition in the last two years. Uh, we've got a national competition that is set to take place in January next year and potentially could get moved. Um, and it is uh, incredibly disheartening, but futsal is, uh, for me, uh, the most amazing um, game and it is something that deserves way more eyes glued to it uh, is than there a, is there currently. Is there a parallel there, Pete, between what I was saying about how I feel about the girls' rugby servants? Yeah, you know what? I think that there definitely is. Um, you know, every year, uh, I think I tried to look through the history books a while ago, and, and I think every year for the last eight years, I think, yeah, I think eight or nine years ago was the last time that I actually had a break from not coaching between football and futsal seasons. So, mm. um I think that it's obvious that those two games uh, would be on my list. Well, some people might argue this, Pete, and I'd love you to explain it. Why would you not include, and I know why, but why would you not include futsal as part of the world game? It's a version of the game, but it would not be a... Uh, for me, I think that it's, it, it's absolutely a sport in its own right. So yep. there, there are plenty of European countries whereby... Uh, younger age children will end up playing futsal uh, up until about the age of 12 and then they generically will make a choice whether or not they want to go down the futsal route or whether they want to go down the football route. Um, and is beach football a different game? That it is. A different version of the game, absolutely. So the, what's just for people who – and we, I love futsal – but for people who don't know and listeners who follow other sports – what size is a futsal court? Could you do it on a basketball court, for example? Could you do it on a handball court? Look, you could. Um, you could use a basketball court. Uh, it's quite a narrow field to be able to do it on a basketball court. Generically, you're on a 30 by 20 type of a space. 
and generically a basketball court is anywhere between, you know, 25 by 18 um, to even narrower. So I think that, uh, you know, full size would be kind of one and a half basketball courts in a way. Yep. Uh, that's good width and a, and a really good length as well to be able to get a, a decent international size futsal court. Um, but, you know, that said, any space that you can find, any hard court surface that you can find, um, it works perfectly, you know. Is a, futsal, it's, is a futsal ball heavy? Yes, it is. It's it's heavier and it's not meant to bounce. Uh, yeah. So it's a low bounce ball. It's slightly heavier. It's slightly smaller. So it's kind of like your size four ball that you might use with your kids. I yeah. love it, mate. So, so we should really look at getting um, someone behind us. Uh, let's go for a telecommunications company like Beyond or something. And let's start the uh, the F League around the country. Let's do it. Let's let's do our own. Let's start building some courts, Pete. Let's do it. Let's go into business. Uh, well, I can uh, look. I, I don't think it's any secret by any means. The fact that there is plenty of funding available from uh, both Coca Cola, Amateur, as well as from Pepsi to be able to build the infrastructure for uh, uh, setting up futsal courts around the grounds. However, that's just not been uh, utilised. I think it's also um, pretty well known the fact that any hard court surface would be easy to renovate. Um, yep. You know, if you've got a local basketball court, you could have a cage on one side behind a ring and a cage on the other side behind a ring, and you could almost just build a uh, futsal goal straight in there, and then it gets utilised for you know handball as well as futsal as well as basketball as well as netball, and suddenly you've got a multi-sport surface, but. Unfortunately, uh, sports are in too much of a competition um, to, to contemplate the fact that we can actually work alongside each other and, and work towards the greater good. Instead, there's always going to be that fight of this is mine and not yours. So You know, um, I learn something from Pete yeah. every week because I honestly thought we've got kids at our school who play futsal and, and I honestly thought that futsal, beach football and football all were under the one governing body. Uh, technically, yes. Um, yes. I'll, I'll say technically, yes. Is it encouraged? Is it loved? The answer is probably going to be no. Is it going to be financially supported? The answer is probably no. Uh, does it get the respect that it deserves? The answer is no. Uh, should there be a program? The answer is yes, because the obvious answer is rather than start from the top, you should actually start working from the middle. So the middle ground would actually be for, for instance, here in Australia, for us to, to build a under-14s and under-15s type teams now so that we get ready for the Youth Olympics because futsal is actually in the Youth Olympics. Yep. So the, the smartest choice would be build teams for the Youth Olympics so that when 2032 comes around for the Brisbane Games, we can then say hey, the Olympics should hold futsal and it should be a recognised sport. By that time, we've already had players with, you know, close to 10 years of experience and training sessions to ensure the fact that we have a, a credible environment. And this is my opportunity to give us a quick little spruik. Uh, if schools are interested in running futsal programs, go to futsalschools.com.au and uh, try and book a futsal program through Football Australia. Love it. Um, I've just finished writing the futsal guide, for, which will be used across the country. So it is something incredibly exciting for next year onwards. 
I knew you'd been doing that, Pete, but I just want to say, mate, to have you on this podcast, as humble as you are, and I've known you since you were very young, um, you are an amazing coach and you're, you're just such a valuable asset to anyone who's got uh, got you as a coach. And we're blessed to have you on the podcast, mate, as, as John said, the knowledge you give us. I want to know the third sport. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, I was literally tossing and turning trying to work out what I should nominate as my third sport. And then I realized the sport that brings me actually so much joy when I play it, it's actually volleyball. Ah, my daughter would absolutely, my oldest daughter. Oh, I thought you were going to go with your bulldogs, mate. (laughs) Oh, mate, no, it's volleyball for me. I, uh, as a high school teacher, we used to have a teacher's group who'd go down um, and and use the volleyball courts at the end of school. Um, We used to do recess and lunchtime games all the time. And, mate, any time that I get a ball in my hands, I'm instantly setting and trying to do some digs. Uh, mate, huge volleyball fan, so I would love and absolutely love the opportunity to be able to keep playing and keep watching it every chance. My daughter went from state-level hockey, uh, field hockey, to state-level volleyball, and she just absolutely loved volleyball. Um, she's, she just couldn't believe that she hadn't been playing it since a younger age. So I like that one. I would not have picked that from you. Guys, it's been a very eclectic, a very different podcast. Do you have any final stuff you want to talk about tonight? Hmm. Not really. I would just like to. I just want to uh, once again circle back to the absolute difficulty of of the way everything is at the moment, and I just want to acknowledge that what what you said, I I do agree with that. Everyone owes it to people around them to ensure that they make the best possible choice on their health. But look, I'm not a doctor. I'm happy to put my faith in all of the best medical minds on the planet who've worked to create a vaccine and hopefully keeps us safe. Um, on that yep. note, I really don't want Aaron Rodgers to be cancelled. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, big shout out to all the frontline staff um, who have worked unbelievable. I don't want to say tirelessly because they've been tired. That, that term always throws me out. But those frontline staff who've just done the most unbelievable job with such uncertainty Um, I just want to say thank you to them. And also, um, tomorrow is Remembrance Day, 11th the 11th, on the 11th hour, uh, we shall not forget. So I think we are starting to forget that day in some ways. And I just want to say thank you to anyone, man, woman, anyone who served for anyone to protect others. I just want to say thank you for for all the sacrifices and your families have made as well. Well, They're not forgetting it at our school because we take a delegation every year to the Cenotaph at Burley. I appreciate that, mate, so much. But as as a as a um, community, I think it's becoming um, something that people almost forget. So I just wanted to um, say, lest we forget on the eve of it. Lest we forget. Totally agree with you. Good on you, Pete. Final word. Anything you want to talk about? Which is your favourite wiggle? Emma's leaving. I'm not happy. It's definitely Jeff. Um, No, look. (laughs) Good answer. That's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, no, look, as, as always, gents, it is an absolute pleasure to be able to talk some sports with you. And I love the fact that we don't actually agree with everything that we each say. I love the fact that we can have this platform to be able to talk and encourage each other and support each other. And I, I love the fact that, you know, uh, 
we might not have had the engagement that we would have loved to have seen on our Facebook group talking about different uh, pods and whatnot. But I tell you what, it is a great uh, moment that, you know, part of the group that we have on, on Facebook and a community that we have that's over 100 people strong, the Love Sport podcast group on Facebook, uh, plus our Twitter community that's constantly growing. It is an absolute pleasure that people listen and tune in and, and hear our rambles and hear our uh, random thoughts. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it is great that we have this platform. And to be blunt, I have to do the giant thank you, Paul, because, mate, without you, I don't think uh, – I don't think – well, I definitely know that John and I probably wouldn't have crossed paths unless I was up in Queensland watching uh, some of the rugby games. So <laughs> thank you for bringing us all together, mate. Or I was I, down at the futsal, mate. Brilliant. Exactly right. I think that I think on that point, I think you make a, a, another sage um, point there, is that I think that I'm the older I get, the more I'm believing that true diversity comes through a diversity of opinion. Yep. And, and a diversity of opinion – in a truly tolerant society means that I can still be friends with people and I don't have to agree with them. We say it all the time, mate. We say it all the time Mm. that it's how you react to someone else's opinion is, is so much more important than your own opinion. Mm. Wow. That was pretty sage guys. This has been a love sport podcast doing it with two of my favorite people in the whole world. As we've said, get us on Facebook on our group, just chuck in an invite. We'll get you on there. You can get us on uh, Twitter as well. John Atlantic Peach will never respond to you. Pete Novakowski, spell out your surname there, Pete. I know how to spell it, but spell it out for people. Uh, N-O-W-A-K. Thanks for joining us for another Love Sport podcast. I was Paul, your host, John, by co-hosts, John and Pete. You can get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. John Atlantic Peach and Pete at Pete Novikowski. Give us a follow, join in the conversations. You can also get us on the Love Sport podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And we have a Facebook group as well. So you can join in the conversations, post up questions you want and join part of the sporting community. This was, is and always will be the Love Sport podcast. 